Hey everyone and welcome to another edition of the Final Down NFL podcast with myself, Jim, and Punk Raider. We're here to talk about the NFL. Punk, how are you doing, sir? How are you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Excellent. Um, it's weird. I kind of feel like I haven't watched any NFL in a while, but I'm sure I only watched a game yesterday. Yeah. So it's one of those weird evenings. It's been a long day at work and <laughs> I'm kind of just like in a bit of a haze. So mm. you'll have to bear with me. Oh, and I've also just scoffed a large mighty meaty from Domino's as oh well. Oh my God. So. Well, we'll try and refocus. I'm sure when we start talking about the games, you'll, you'll remember everything that, I'm sure the fog I'll be will, fine. The fog sure will clear. Fine. Um, Denver Dave wasn't with us last week. He's going to be back very shortly. Um, he should be joining us very soon. Just waiting on a little nod from him, but he did say he promised to, to join us today. So looking forward to getting him back on again. What we're going to do, obviously, is just carry on while we're here. So let's start with the Thursday night game uh, where Mac Jones threw a 19-yard scoring pass to Nelson Aguilar for the game's only offensive touchdown. And Carl Van Noy and the New England defence took care of the rest, blanking the Atlanta Falcons 25-0 on Thursday night for the Patriots' fifth straight victory. New England has allowed just 13 points in its last three games. That's ominous. Matt Ryan was sacked four times and intercepted twice, ensuring another miserable performance. This one in prime time after posting the lowest passer rating of his career uh, last week in the 43-3 route by the Cowboys. Carl Van Noy had two sacks and capped his brilliant defensive performance with a 35-yard pick six off Falcons backup QB Josh Rosen. That's where he is nowadays. The Falcons then sent in third-string quarterback Felipe Franks, who received the same level of treatment from the New England defence. On his only play, Franks was intercepted by Adrian Phillips. Pop quiz, Punk. When was the last time a team had three QBs picked off in the same game? Three QBs in the same game? Yeah. All for the same team. It's yep. got to be some team that gets injured. Like, I don't know, the Steelers in like Oi. 2018. <laughs> hey, 2018? No, no, go all the way back to 2000, when San Diego's Jim Harbour, Ryan Leaf, and Moses Marino threw interceptions in the 17-7 loss to the Dolphins. Anyway, the Falcons haven't scored a touchdown in nearly nine quarters and were shut out for the first time since a 38-0 loss to Carolina in 2015. There were two drives for Atlanta in the first half where Ryan was taken down on third down to kill drives, and it set in the desperation that clouded the rest of the game, basically. Young Hoku did kick a field goal, but there was an illegal formation penalty on the offense and the second attempt went just wide. The final score in Atlanta was the Patriots 25, Falcons nada. Zip. It's a bit desperate when you're talking about um, penalized field goals as uh, (laughs) highlights of the game for one of the teams. Yeah, I had to find something. Um, Interestingly, the Falcons have now lost, what is it, 68-3 in their last two games. So (laughs) things are not going too well for them. However, and I think I said this last week, the Patriots are coming good again. It's very ominous. Their defense is stepping up. They're not conceding many points. They're not giving yards away. Matt Jones is doing what he needs to win the games. Mm -hmm. It's all very, very ominous with the Patriots at the minute, especially with the AFC the way it is. It's so cuckoo. It's untrue. I mean, you, yeah, you flagged it last week, and uh, but it is the Falcons, punk. Let's just let's just hold our horses right now, okay? Yeah, but it's it's not that it's the Falcons. It's that it's the Falcons this week. They've won what? What did you say? Five in a row. Yep. You can only beat the teams put in front of you. If they keep beating the teams, <laughs> what put teams in front they of get them, in front of them? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, got... And the further you get through the season, in theory, the more injuries you get. So 
Yeah. yeah. They've got to play Tennessee next, Buffalo twice, the Colts, then the Jags and the Dolphins. All good games in theory. I mean, all, yeah. all difficult teams, but I'd say on 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 current form and the way that they're playing, and you know, it's just the fact that the Patriots are passing under the radar mm. more than anything else. You know, everyone's talking about the Cardinals and the Bills and you know the Titans and so on and so no one's really talking about the Patriots. They're just very quietly going about their business, beating everybody, and just moving on to the next game. And it's just so Bill Belchekian the way they're doing it. <laughs> You know, yep. it's all about defense, not turning the ball over and just score enough points and shut it all down. Job done. Um, yeah, Patriots, Patriots looking ominous for the rest of the league, I'd say. It sounds like a half decent segue into the Sunday afternoon stay games in. So let's move on. And one of the big ones was the Colts at the Buffalo Bills, where Jonathan Taylor, the second year running back for Indianapolis, set a franchise record by scoring five times and took over the NFL lead in both yards rushing and touchdowns in a beatdown of the unraveling Buffalo Bills. Taylor scored three times in the first half as Indy built a 24-7 lead and finished with a season-best 185 yards rushing. Buffalo was undone by four turnovers, the first three leading to Colts touchdowns, made up of two picks of Josh Allen, a kickoff return botched by Isaiah McKenzie, and a late pick on by Mitch Trubisky. The Bills did get two touchdowns from Stephon Diggs to stop a complete disaster. The Colts have now won five of six to get back into the AFC playoff race. The Bills have seeded their lead atop the AFC East, falling a half game behind, guess who? New England. The final score at Orchard Park was the Colts 41, Bills 15. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those that I think we were saying last week, you know, don't sleep on the Colts. We all picked they, the Bills. They are, we, all pick, we all picked the Bills because they we were did. playing at home, I would suggest, more than yeah. anything else. But, you know, and the Colts being a dome team going outside, it's now, you know, end of November. Um, weather should have been a factor. Yeah. I think weather probably was a factor just for the Bills and not the Colts because yeah. the Colts, as we all know, if you're playing in bad weather, you need a good running game. Mm. Um, and that's exactly what, what the Colts have got. Um, Jonathan Taylor is the first player in NFL history to have 185, 185, yeah, 185 rushing yards, four rushing touchdowns, and a receiving touchdown in a single game. That is a monstrous effort, to be mm. honest. And, you know, although Taylor is, should we say, the cherry on top and the real kind of, hero of the story you know you've always got those unsung boys on the on the old big offensive line uh that are just opening holes for him left right and center um i think as we said in in pre-season the bills have beefed up their d-line they they've added a few pieces and pass rush they just couldn't stop the run It, it, it was just phenomenal um, the Colts very much like the Patriots uh, are kind of the hot team at the minute, to be honest. And, you know, if you start looking at the AFC playoff picture, if there's one team that's bang in form and, and you think could actually do something, it's going to be the Colts and the Patriots. Um, you know, the Patriots with this Bills loss have now moved in front of the Bills in the standings. So, you know, no one saw that at the beginning of the season. No. And now it's just a case of they all start playing each other and the games get really fun. Well, yeah, they're both on a five-game win streak, so they're both hot right now. Uh, 
we'll see how it goes, obviously. But yeah, that's definitely encouraging. More encouraging, I think, for the Colts because they play the proper team there. One of the, the best ranked teams in the AFC and came away with a convincing victory. So thing is, I wouldn't, if I was the Bills, I wouldn't be panicking either. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be sitting there going, oh my God, it's all falling apart. <laughs> yeah, pretty much everyone in the NFL's anyone not yet even nah, cardinals maybe about the only team that haven't but everyone's had a slump of kind of three or four games where they've not played well or they've only beaten the bad teams and then lost to a couple of good teams so you know i'm sure bills fans are, are kind of looking at it and going oh it's all falling apart you know josh allen can't do anything anymore well yeah, first first four or five games of the season stefan diggs wasn't doing anything and you were still winning games so you know, it's not the be-all and end-all. Um, the Bills will still, I think, make the playoffs and will probably still make the playoffs as divisional champions. So we just talked about two teams in form. It was important then that the other teams around them kept up their, their scoring records and their wins. So the Tennessee Titans, they were playing a division game at home against the Texans team that hadn't scored a touchdown since week two. Tennessee outgained Houston 420 yards to 190. But if I were to tell you that the Texans went into halftime 12-0 up, you probably wouldn't believe me. Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill had a career-high four interceptions on the game, and wide receiver A.J. Brown went out in the third quarter with a chest injury. Former Titan Desmond King had two of the Texans' four interceptions that tied a franchise record, three in the fourth quarter to snuff out the Titans' attempted rally. Houston turned those and a muff punt into 13 points. The Texans also had two sacks. The muff punt seemed to sum up the Titans' day. After finally forcing the Texans to punt, Titans returned the Chester Rogers tried to turn away from the ball after a Texans defender ran past him, only to have the ball hit his right heel. Trayvon Smith recovered and Tyrod Taylor ran in his second touchdown of the day. This is the Titans' first loss since the game against the Jets. Final score, Texans 22, Titans 13. And I think we found the, uh, the kryptonite for the Titans. Terrible teams. Terrible teams, yeah. Um, it, when the story of this season is written... <laughs> And yep. people go through the history books and go, oh, you know, what happened to the Titans? Mm. They're going to look at these two games they lost and go, how? What on earth? I mean, you know, if anyone on the planet picked the Texans to win that game, then, mm. you know, fair play to you. You deserve all the kudos going because I could have picked that game a hundred times and I would have given it to the Titans. You know, yep. there's there's no way on this planet the Texans should be winning that game. But for some reason, the Titans cannot deal with bad teams. And it's really weird. What that probably means is they'll go on and win the Super Bowl because once you get to the playoffs, there are no bad Any good teams. teams. So, <laughs> well, exactly. You know, uh, yeah. Okay. Got, got to give kudos <laughs> to Houston. All right. I mean, they had their bye week. Oh, Obviously, yeah. they were ready for this game. They looked ready for this game. And there's still 53 men on that roster that, you know, they're not trying to tank anything. They're there no, of in, not. in the worst situations, but they're not trying to do anything. And, you know, they, 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 they're playing for jobs for next year, mm-hmm. even if it's not with the Texans. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's no way that, that midway through the season, you know, the Texans are not, not lifting off. They're not going to be, you know, putting their flip-flops on heading for the beach. Um, I think the Texans... Yeah, massive kudos to them, you know, to actually come off the bye week and beat what was probably the inform in the league at that time, inform team of the league. It's phenomenal. In Tennessee as well. In Tennessee, 
off a bye week, which is great because you've mm-hmm. had the extra game planning time, but to actually execute that game plan, you know, and Tannehill for interception, it's just, and it, it kind of, it just is an actual, it really is a game that we should have seen coming just because of the way this season's been going. Well, we, no Henry, I mean, no Julio, AJ no, going Henry, out in the no third. Julio, yeah, but just generally the way the crazy craziness of the results this year, it really does feel like you know any given Sunday at the minute where you know as long as as long as you kind of execute your game plan, you're going to win the game. First half for this the season, Jets and the Texans as well. Yeah, first half I mean, for the Jags this season must be annoyed. <laughs> I was only picking safe bets and not winning anything. So I'm quite happy now about picking outside bets. So I've got half a chance of it coming in. Like I won in week yeah. 10 on outsider bets. So I'm just doing that from yeah. that one. Otherwise, I would have definitely picked this in a safe hacker. There's no way I wouldn't have picked the Titans because it's a, it's a banker. But... This will have busted so many people's hackers. I mean, I avoided it just because I, I don't know why. I just had this gut feeling that something weird might happen in this game. But Lots I, of probably you know, so not... small you didn't need to. Exactly, not, but not not enough for me to actually kind of you know back the Texans to win or anything. But it's I don't know what's going on this season. I don't know if it's because of, of the whole COVID thing last season that the games are weird, or I don't know if the extra game at the end of the season is playing into factoring in at all. I, I really don't know what it is. But there is something madly topsy turvy about the league this year. Mm. There's no, there's no real elite, elite teams. Everyone's kind of beating everyone. Everyone's middling. You've got the odd one like the Cardinals with and the Titans with you know ridiculously good records. But you look at the teams that have beaten them and in the circumstances they've beaten them, and you kind of sit there going, well, you should never have lost that game. It just goes to show that, you know, the NFL for years and years has been saying they want parity in the league and yeah, they really are getting towards having it. Yeah. <laughs> no one quite good enough to completely stand out. Uh, no. Imagine what it's going to be like when Tom Brady retires. We'll actually probably get some wow. proper competition. So <laughs> let's move on. On to the next one. So touchdown lobs from Bears backup QB Andy Dalton to Darnell Mooney and Marquise Goodwin had the Bears in position to win a game at home. Up by four with less than 90 seconds left against a Baltimore team that looks truly lost without franchise QB Lamar Jackson. The Bears just had to stop a touchdown drive from Tyler Huntley. Huntley suddenly was able to pass more than 50 yards and the Ravens ended with a predictably running the ball over the line with Devonta Freeman getting the game-winning points. Ridiculous. The final score at Soldier Field was the Ravens 16 Bears 13. I'm not happy about this. I didn't see... This was terrible. Well, I know I know you're not happy about it. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, I I be I'll be honest, I didn't see a huge amount of this game because there wasn't a huge amount that happened. So, you know, it, it was it was kind of until the last three minutes of the game, it really was a bit of a bluster in the dust and then pump the ball away. Um yeah, truly terrible game. Yeah, it, it, it you know it just was it was two offenses that really couldn't move the ball, rather than defenses being spectacular or anything like that. It was just missed opportunities, misplays. Um, Ravens, oh, I can't say anyone deserved to win really, but yeah, it's not, it's, not the first it, time they've come they've scraped out from an NFC North opponent. 
a win they probably didn't deserve. The, what was the last one? But the Lions with their world record. Uh, of course, yes. Yeah, I mean, the Lions one to a degree I can understand because they had massive amounts of injuries that day. But, you know. Started Lamar yeah, playing. Sometimes you need a bit of luck, don't you, to win these yeah. games. And Bloody huge the Ravens, seem, the Ravens seem to be getting their fair share. Oh, yeah. Let's have it now, please. Rather Before December. Anyway. <laughs> Get it out of the way, he says. Let's move on. <laughs> Anyone complaining about the Lions game against the Steelers last week were begging to watch a rerun of it after experiencing just a part of the Lions game against the Browns. A trick play with Jarvis Landry taking a snap and running in himself and a touchdown catch and run by Nick Chubb was the difference. No Jared Goff for Detroit. Tim Boyle got his first ever NFL start. He was almost as good as Baker Mayfield. DeAndre Swift got the Lions touchdown. Final score was the Lions 10, Browns 13. And scour your eyeballs if you uh, watch any of this game. Yes, with bleach, and then mm. move on. A metal blow pad. That is an awful, or, awful... To, it's worse than the Steelers' or, Lions. Ought to probably say, don't actually pour bleach into your eyes. <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, not advisable. Even to professionals like Dave. Exactly. <laughs> He's still MIA. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about that game anymore. I can't believe the Browns nope. game. Oh, that should have been a tie. Okay. The only team in the NFL this year to hold a lead of seven or more points in every game, all but one of Minnesota's games have been decided by one score. Kirk Cousins passed for 341 yards and three touchdowns helped the Vikings stay a step ahead of Alan Rodgers for most of the afternoon. Rodgers played through a toe injury to have a season-high stats in passing yards and scored touchdowns on their final four drives. All of those were over 75 yards apiece. Finding Devontae Adams twice, Josiah DeGuerra and Marcos Valdez-Scantling to tie the game up in the last two minutes. Justin Jefferson had over 100 yards receiving in the first quarter and ended up with 169 yards and two touchdowns for the Vikings. There are also touchdowns for Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen and the Greg Joseph 29-yard field goal as time expired gave the Vikings the win. Final score was the Packers 31, Vikings 34. Dave won't want to hear this, but the Vikings clock management in that last couple of minutes was excellent. Mm. Um, actually, Actually not leaving any time for Rodgers to come back at them. Aaron Rodgers committed the cardinal sin of leaving too much time on the clock when he scored that go-ahead touchdown with, what was that, a minute and a half to go. Yeah, yeah, two minutes to go. And just left far too much time for them to get back down the field, considering the Vikings were moving the ball at will, basically. Um, Even with, you know, the Vikings, and we've said this before, have a, you know, Super Bowl-worthy offense. They really do. Um, The only question mark is around the quarterback. But when the quarterback's throwing two interceptions and, you know, you're still scoring 35-plus points to, to to win a game against pretty much what everyone going into the season thought would probably be the, uh, certainly in the top two or three NFC teams, mm-hmm. then, you know, you've got, to, you've, <laughs> you've got to be doing something right. And quite how they end up in all these close games, I really don't know. But they should be blowing teams away more often. It's the defense, isn't it? Well, it, yeah. I mean, it is. It is to do with the defense, but you know, just just control the clock a bit more on offense. You've got the players. I mean, Jefferson was lightning in this game. Yeah, right from the word go, he was just you know best player on the field. He's been brilliant since he came into the league. He's he been has absolutely to be amazing. I, I love Justin Jefferson. He's in all my fantasy leagues. I live and die with that boy. Um, so yeah, very happy with everything. Especially, I was actually. I wish I tweeted it because watching the game, it got into the fourth quarter and I was like, 
Yeah, I don't mind if, if Minnesota win, obviously, but I would like Jefferson to score another touchdown and Aaron Rodgers to launch one down the field. And it bloody happened, didn't it? When I don't say something, yeah. it happens. Yeah. I was like, oh, Christ. Okay, well, that's helped my fantasy team out quite a bit. And <laughs> now you can do whatever you want. So, yeah, great ending to it. Um, it's one of those ones in that usually it's Aaron Rodgers and the Packers getting that heartbreaking last second win over the Vikings. So nice to see the role reversal, at least for once. It was interesting to see that Rodgers actually played better later in the game than he did early. Um, you'd have thought with a, a foot and a toe injury that actually, you know, the painkillers and everything else would mean he'd feel better about it early in the game. Mm. But for whatever reason, maybe, I don't know, maybe he couldn't feel his foot enough and it was throwing him off or something. I don't know. It didn't seem but... to affect his throwing motion. He threw season high. On the, yeah, on no, I mean, goals. he absolutely did, but he was a lot better in the second half than he was in the first. Yeah. So, you know, it's 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 a bit of a weird one, but yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers, you know. I'm sure he, I'm sure he's got some you know nice voodoo medicine he can take to <laughs> heal his toe. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking to experts on that one. Uh let's go to the next one. An AFC East matchup between the Dolphins and the Jets. Went with the favorite. The Dolphins got touchdowns from rookie Jalen Waddell, Mac Hollins and Miles Gaskin. Joe Flacco got touchdown passes to Jamison Crowder and Elijah Moore. Moore ended the day with 156 scrimmage yards and a score. Matt Amendola missed two field goals for the Jets. And Miami get the win away. Final score was the Dolphins 24, Jets 17. I know one of our listeners is a Dolphins fan. And uh, I'm in a fantasy league with him. Mm-hmm. And I know he'll be clamoring for me to talk about this game a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to. It's oh, the Jets gonna, and it's a lie back then. I, no, I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm sorry. I just really don't care. Um, the Jets, the the Dolphins have wasted a year, as far as I'm concerned, and the Jets, the Jets. So, you know, this is not a game that I'm going to wax lyrical about. Mm. Yeah, it's nice to I see. I mean, that you the... can feel free if you, if you want to. If you've got something interesting to I, talk about, I was game, just going to say it was nice on. to see the two uh, skill position rookies for the Jets in Elijah Moore, especially Michael Carter, who got injured in this game, unfortunately he's out for a few weeks, but yeah, the running back and the wide receiver have been very, very good. Um, when they've finally been given some proper chances, they're repaying those, uh, those targets. So nice to see that coming through from the Jets and hopefully when Zach Wilson gets another chance, uh, he'll be able to link up with them as well and get some results. But that, yeah, there's good things on both of these teams. They've been struggling quite a lot, but uh, let's fingers crossed. They'll have a good end to the season. Let's go to the next game. Miles Sanders ran for 94 yards. Hertz had 69 yards and three rushing touchdowns. Jordan Howard added 63 yards, and the Eagles racked up 242 yards total on the ground against a team that allowed a league low of 72.9 rushing per game. That is, of course, the New Orleans Saints, who were down by 20 points at halftime. Darius Slay had a pick six, so despite the Saints getting some garbage scores, thanks to a Simeon run and passes to Marcus Calloway, Lil Jordan Humphrey, um, after an Adam Troutman touchdown in the first half, there was no way out of the hole for New Orleans. The final score in Philadelphia was the Saints 29, Eagles 40. And it wasn't even that close, to be honest. No. It way, the, the Eagles were far superior to the Saints, as I said they would be last week. Um, you know, it's just, it's, the Saints are just not particularly good. The Eagles, you know, they are building a team and they are starting to come together and, and getting used to each other. So, you know, they they are improving throughout the season, which is good to see and bodes well for next year. Mm. Am, am I allowed to say something now? Oh. I've been 
censored this entire podcast. <laughs> oh, he's escaped from the cellar again. <laughs> I've taken, I've taken oh, hey, the Dave. ball gag out of my mouth. Excellent. Denver Dave. Yeah. So Finally I've been us. otherwise otherwise engaged, I'm afraid. So uh, apologies right, to anyone who's had to listen to these two drivel on for a while. <laughs> we tried to make do without you, mate. You know, a poor substitute. <laughs> Any thoughts on this game, Dave? Um, I was expecting the Saints to dominate the line of scrimmage and they really didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it made it easy for Hurts to run. Everyone knows, you know, Hurts is speedy on his feet and Sanders did a good good uh, job during the game as well. Um, but the Saints absolutely didn't dominate the line of scrimmage at all. Um, mm-hmm. The Eagles dominated all, all three phases of play. I would have, again, I'm not going to harp on about Hurts. I would have liked to have seen him throw a touchdown or throw more than 150 yards. But when you keep running it and it, you're having success, quite frankly, you're a fool if you don't keep running it. So it, it makes sense. And they put up 40 points. So well done to, well done to the Eagles. Exactly. It was Another the same game they beat the Broncos with the week before. Mm. Another game with Alvin Kamara, isn't it, as well? So. Yeah. I mean, there is that Alvin Kamara is, was missing for this game. But I was just going to bring up Taysom Hill's new contract. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Does yeah. anyone think that's a good idea? Dave, Mr. Um, contract. Well, I haven't seen this guy. I saw it was a, what was it, a three-year, $40 million four, contract. Four year, yeah, four years, four $40 year, million. 40 million. So it's, it's basically so, an extension of what he's already on. Not really, because he signed a massive deal in the summer. From mm-hmm. If memory serves correct, he served, I think he signed like a five-year, $130 million deal that had more get-outs than than uh, Wembley Stadium. It had more exits than you can possibly believe. There was almost nothing guaranteed. So it's not necessarily that it's an extension of what it was already on. I think it's just a reworking, but I've not looked at it, so I don't know. All I I can say is in the previous contract, there was a million different get-out clauses. And in this one, I'm pretty sure it's probably the same because... This this one's still weird. This one's weird. I think it's dependent on the position he plays as well. So he's got, I think it's 20 million guaranteed but after that, it depends if they're playing the tight end. Jelly beans. Well, should be. And then maybe if he's a quarterback, it for the next four years he gets fifty-five million or so. It's something absolutely ridiculous. He's not a quarterback. Give it up. Um, they're gonna have to yeah. deal with the deal with the issue sooner or later. He is not the, the, answer. the other thing is as well, the Saints the Saints are doing what they've been doing in previous years where they're just kicking the can down the road. Mm. Loads of people think the cap isn't real. The cap is real. It's just if you defer payments to next year, you you know, you are then avoiding having a cap this year. And the certain teams what are kicking the can down the road consistently, and the Saints are one of them. So all they're doing is freeing up space this year for next year. And I'm saying that without looking at the contract, but I'm sure that's what they've done. Yeah. So well, not worth it then. He's, well, only if he's a good player, and he's just not. Let, so. let me ask you. Let me ask you two a question. What would you, What would you pay him if he was on your roster? Not as a Not as a quarterback, just as a player. What would you pay him to leave in cash? I'd I'd give him. I'd give him running back because, money. Yeah, yeah, four or five million a season. He's, he's a little running back. Player. Any Any more than that, if you're paying him in cash, it just feels a bit rich. He's Rex Burkhead. Fact that I'd agree with that. The fact that they're playing Trevor Simeon instead of him, yeah. <laughs> mm. and that's that's got to be a kick in the clackers, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay, let's move on to the next games where two ex Panther QBs went out in Carolina as Taylor Heineke put up one of his best games for Washington with a QBR of 141.3. And Cam Newton failed to complete just six of his 27 passes. Newton got scoring passes to DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey, plus a rushing score himself for the Panthers. Heineke got touchdown passes to Cam Sims, DeAndre Carter, and Terry McLaurin. McLaurin got over 100 yards on the game. And another ex Panther kicker, Joey Sly, 
made both his field goals to see Washington get back-to-back wins for the first time this season. The final score was Washington 27, Carolina Panthers 21. Game of the week, this one. This was absolutely superb. Seeing Cam mm-hmm. back, throwing touchdowns, running. I think he ran one in as well. Yep. Um, and Heineke is just looking better and better. It, it was, for me, it was the most enjoyable game this week. Really, really enjoyed it. The only thing I would say is Chris McCaffrey, at one point, um, broke off his man and was in the open. And he didn't have that burst of acceleration. I can't recall what his injury was. Is it just that he's not 100% fit yet? Or is it that he's maybe lost that little yard? He's still being he's probably back not in, quite a hundred. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's been back the last couple of weeks, but they've definitely been limiting his play count and so on and so forth, so as not to re-aggravate it. So my money would say that you know they're just playing him at seventy-five percent speed, to be honest, rather yeah, than letting him go all out. The thing is, if if you're a coach and you're telling a player to play at seventy-five percent, you know, as soon as he breaks the tackle and he's out in the open. I don't care who you are. You're you're at that moment playing a hundred percent, and he, it didn't seem as though he had that burst of acceleration we used to see him. It's that, just that, not... you know, that's all I was oh, thinking. Oh, yeah, you might be right. I mean, you know, it's hard to tell until he's a few more weeks removed, because mm. that's two seasons on the trot now that his hamstrings have been going. So they've got to just that what kind of start. To, yeah, it's been hamstrings. I think he also had a calf as well. So it's just general kind of muscle tissue injuries that, you know, for sprinters and and speed runners are problems, you know? Um, So, yeah, I I would suggest it's them trying to nurse him through the rest of the season, seeing whether they're in with a shout at the playoffs with maybe three or four games to go and then maybe unleashing him. Um, But trying not to get him injured between now and then, especially where they're just easing Cam back into, into starting quarterback as well. Oh, yeah, it's brilliant to see, though. It's nice, it is to, nice see to see, don't get me wrong. And Cam's getting me tons of fantasy points, so I don't <laughs> mind. It's about time someone did. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the only other shout-out for this game has to go to AJ Boye, who continued his fantastic form I saw in Denver with two blown coverages. One for Terry McLaurin, which got him about 60 yards. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there was a chunk play for Adam Humphreys on a crucial third down as well, which... You know, AJ Boyd do, doing what he does best. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, Panthers need a little bit of help in the secondary, I think, because they can't rely on him. Yeah, but great to see Washington get another win. Like I said, first back to yeah, yeah, wins 100%. of the season. Crazy. Uh, maybe, this, maybe good this, second half. Someone would have told you after three weeks, there's only a game in it between the Panthers and uh, Washington. <laughs> now five and six and four and six. You wouldn't have believed that. You no. genuinely wouldn't have believed that. No. This was much more like the Washington team that I was expecting to see at the beginning of the season. Yeah, uh, tough on, tough on. No, definitely tough on defense. Tough on defense. Not giving up. Not 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 giving up. On big play. No, no, no. I didn't say amazing. I said tough. No, I know. I, know. I was not expecting up, amazing. Not giving up big plays. No, I, you know, amazing's subjective, isn't it? You know, what is amazing? I'd say the Rams' defense is amazing, but you wouldn't believe it looking at the last couple of weeks. <laughs> I'd say Washington so, last year was amazing. That's what. That's yeah. what I was expecting this year. Yeah, you see, I yeah, I don't know. It was last year the outlier? You know, is is the actual actual level of this defense slightly below that, but definitely above mm. what we've been seeing up to this point. When, so when a team has done it, when a when a team has done it previously, that's not an outlier. It's like the first, imagine the first time you sleep with a woman, you put in a fantastic performance, and after that, you just lay there like a sack of spuds. You know, you've you've set your standards. <laughs> but if you but if you do that once and never do it again, then that's the outlier. It's going to dump you pretty soon. I yeah. mean. 
I would, I'd, I'd be happy doing it once. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm aspiring to. <laughs> well, we know about your Super Bowl victory with uh, with Peyton. Anyway, let's go on to the next game, boys. Come on. Uh, the game between the 49ers yeah. and the Jaguars started slowly. And when I say slowly, I mean San Francisco spent 13 minutes on the first drive that ended with a field goal. They soon picked up the pace, though, with touchdown catches for Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle. The Jags got a rushing score from James Robinson late on, but this went to script. The final score was the 49ers 30, Jags 10. I don't want to say much about this, but. No. That first 49ers drive was real old school football. Yeah, 10, 10, 15, 10, 13 minute drives. That's exactly what used to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, but apart from that, yeah, I've got nothing else to say about this game at all. No, no as was as expected. Yeah. So we'll move on. And, and yeah, you know, the Jags, the Jags must be looking up at the Texans going, what the hell? The only, the only thing potentially to say about this is the, 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 the whole, Garoppolo to Denver rumours, which I'm obviously heavily invested in Denver rumours, is starting to get a little bit more traction now. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, if that happens, I'll be I'll be absolutely, I'll, I'll be over the moon. Apart from the injuries, really? that's the only thing. That's the only thing, the injuries. You'd be I mean, over the moon to have Garoppolo as your considering Considering what we've had in the recent <laughs> five years, yes, absolutely. Yes, I would. <laughs> I'd take Teddy Bridgewater world, over Garoppolo. I don't I would, know. I'd, I'd yeah. take Bridgewater over Garoppolo. I really Jim, would. What about you? What would you take? Bridgewater take, or Garoppolo? I'd take Jimmy G. Yeah, I think too. it makes sense as well because they want to be able to um, transition in Trey Lance at some point. And so they want a smooth... Yeah. Well, the thing the thing with the 40... I know we're, we're in risk of going on a tangent here for ages, but the thing with oh, Garoppolo yeah. is he's taken up such cap room, they could quite happily move him on and create a super team because they're paying Trey Lance not very much. I know he's taken mm-hmm. third overall and he's going to have decent numbers, but it's not Garoppolo numbers. So oh. I think it's preventing them from having that part-time Don't get me wrong. Season. I truly believe Garoppolo will move in the off-season and I'm sure oh, he yeah. will go somewhere yeah, and be a starting absolutely. quarterback. I just... I think if he rocked up in place of Derek Carr, no, I would, I, it would feel like for like almost. Yes, I, but Derek you know, Carr is a significantly better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know about that. To Ooh, be I do. I do. Having watched anyway. Bridgewater for a million snaps this season, <laughs> I can tell you he is. I'm not going to sit here arguing with a Raiders fan, arguing that your quarterback's better than mine. Even on the Broncos, I think, think you should definitely argue. Come on, let's not do this. Let's not do this right now. Next game. Let's move on. Let's talk about the Raiders. The well-rested Bengals came out of their bye week and snapped a two-game skid to climb back into the AFC North race, while the Raiders lost their third straight since their bye week when they led the AFC West. Running back Joe Mixon got two touchdowns and 123 yards as the Bengals piled it on late. Mixon got his first in the second quarter to see the visitors into the break ahead. It kicked off in the fourth after Foster Murray got a score for the Raiders. Since he went down the field and got another touchdown from Jamar Chase, Derek Carr tried to force one to Darren Waller and ended up getting picked by Eli Apple. The Bengals scored the sucker punch with Mixon's second of the game. A sack fumble on the following drive ensured this one was over. The final score was the Bengals 32, Raiders 13. Raiders' offense was woeful yet again. Um, We were one for seven on third down. That's just dreadful. Um, Penalties are killing us again. Now, I don't know if this is a hangover from... You know, Goodell throwing his toys out the pram about Gruden calling him a... I'm not sure if I'm allowed to use the word on the pod or not. So, yeah. I'm on the side of caution if you're not sure. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Calling him pussy. So, you know, 
female cat. Uh, but, you know, it, it it just seems that ever since that whole thing happened, that refs have decided that, and this is nothing new, let's be honest, penalties against the Raiders are a good thing. Um, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. We had the Bengals in third and long and gave them a first down off a penalty three times. Um, six and 13 we are in the second half of seasons for the past three years when we've gone in to the second half having a record above 500. Mm-hmm. That's just insane. That's nuts. You can't do that. Um, I've got to the point now with Derek Carr these last couple of weeks where you know, he's missing wide open receivers. I'd, I'd be very tempted to sit him and start Mariota against the Cowboys. I really would. I agree. Um, MVP candidate Derek Carr? MVP mm-hmm. candidate from week four, Derek Carr, yeah. <laughs> that drum's very quiet now. But no, I mean, we, we, we have to give the Bengals some credit. They, they came off the bye week. They played exactly to, to our weaknesses. You know, run defense, um, generally just offense. Uh, so, you know, Bengals, Bengals run game and defense did look good. But my God. I'm I'm so fed up and sick to death of the Raiders turning up and playing well like they did against the Eagles a few weeks ago and then just absolutely shitting the bed the next week and the next week. And this whole second half of the season thing is just insane. I don't know what why it happens what it happens for. We are not a bad team. You look at those pieces and you go, you know, you should be able to play anybody, especially at home. It's, you know, all right, mitigating circumstances has the rugs thing and the Gruden thing played into it. You know, if it was a one-off, you'd say, yes, they're they're the, uh, you know, underlying factors in the whole of this slump. But this has happened the last three seasons. It's not a new thing, you know? Um of course, now I've said that, we'll probably walk in and smash the Cowboys on Thursday and resurrect the season. I'll be all joyous and happy again next week. You won't. But, don't worry, you won't. You know, I don't <laughs> yeah. think I <we> will. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Raiders, Raiders seriously need to butt their ideas up. And I really would just bench Carl because he's been dreadful the last couple of weeks. He's my, missing my open team. receivers. He's, he's just, I don't know what's going on. I really don't. My two pennies worth, I know... As, as a non-Raiders fan, it probably doesn't bear as much traction as yours, but I felt you you lost in key moments of the game. So I don't think you were particularly bad all the way through. It was, it was in the key moments. I mean, total plays, um, you had fewer total offensive snaps in this game than the Falcons did, and they lost on Thursday night and didn't score a single point. Yeah, because um, we couldn't convert third down. You couldn't convert third down, and, but you also... This is the key. You weren't converting first or second down either. So it's almost every single time was four and out. That's all it was. And Can you tell me what this team is offensively? Because I can't. It's not a running team. It's not a passing team anymore. It was at the start of the season. At the start of the season, it was abandoned the run because Josh Jacobs was injured. And let's just bomb everybody out. Now, I couldn't even tell you what, what, what the game plan is, let alone anything else. For me, it, it kind of feels like the Raiders' identity is get a lead and try and dominate the clock. So if, if, if you fall behind the Raiders, 
it's dangerous because you'll dominate time and play. You'll you'll move the sticks ten yards and you'll move up the field. You'll take up eight minutes of drive, and that's that's what will happen. I would the have said that last behind, season. I would no, have said think, that last this season. season. I don't well, think that's a couple of times you've been done this that. season. Um, but no, I think it's dangerous. You're the most dangerous, or or the most dangerous team in our division, at least, to fall behind against. If you if you fall behind, if the Raiders are trailing. I think you beat yourselves a lot of the time, but it's not the number of penalties. Seven penalties is not a huge amount. I mean, the Bucks get that in in a quarter, so it's not an enormous amount. <laughs> um, it's the pace, the way the penalties come, and it'll be on a third down. You'll convert a third down, it'll get pulled back for a holding call or a taunting call mm-hmm. or something like that, and it, it's stupid penalties at key moments. That's the issue. Um, but I, I think it's the fact that you're not converting second downs or third downs i mean how many times have we seen teams not converting third downs but that doesn't kill them well when you're not converting second downs either that then there is a problem yeah we suck yeah i hate but it was it. close going it was close going into the fourth quarter i mean going into the fourth quarter you were what, yeah but but then cars, down. you know stupid fumbles where you're holding the ball out like a flipping hot potato ah <laughs> oh, just you know what I mean? Just just play fundamentals. Just do what you need to do naturally. Don't be flip. Oh, yeah, enough. Move I on. Mean, nah, enough. I'm happy. For, I'm happy for him to keep doing that. If I'm honest, oh, I'm sure you are. I'm <laughs> sure. But the stupid thing is, we're still nowhere near out of it in in the playoff hunt. Yeah, nope. we're we're still only a game behind the Chargers. So <laughs> it, it's this is just the the anomaly that is the AFC this year. And I know the NFC have had a few weird results as well, but the AFC is just absolutely nuts. And with that, we'll move on to the next game. There's still four to go. Um, you'll love this one, boys. Chiefs defensive lineman Chris Jones piled up three and a half sacks while forcing a fumble and recovering one. Chavarius Ward and Lejarius Sneed picked off Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott at crucial points in the game, helping the AFC West leading Chiefs roll to victory over the league's number one scoring offense. For the Cowboys, left tackle Tyron Smith missed his third straight game with an ankle injury. Amari Cooper tested positive for COVID-19 on Friday. And fellow wide receiver C.D. Lamb sustained a concussion just before halftime. And running back Ezekiel Elliott has appeared to tweak his ankle early on, though he finished the game with nine carries for 32 yards. Travis Kelsey took a direct snap into the end zone on the Chiefs' first drive. A touchdown run by returning running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, despite a disgusting level of taunting at the Cowboys' defence, was all the Chiefs needed to do to get the win here. The final score was the Cowboys' 9, Chiefs' 19. Do you know what that this game reminded me of? Infamous pointing taunt, yeah? Disgusting. Yeah. Outrageous. Think of Dreadful. the children. How dare he? How dare <laughs> he? Do you know what this game reminded me of? Go. It reminded me of coming to America too. It promised so much and delivered so little. <laughs> yeah, did you're right. You're right. It did that promise yeah, it did. I was really, really looking yeah. forward to the Chiefs versus oh. the Cowboys. I really was. Because the Cowboys last week, uh, week prior where I missed the pod, that, you know, they were brilliant that week. And then it was kind of a hybrid between, it was closer towards their performance against the Broncos than, than it was last week. Um, I was massively underwhelmed by the Cowboys. And the Chiefs looked great in a game they were allowed to look great in. Um, you know, you get two boxers going to a ring and one of them doesn't throw a punch. The other guy looks great. That's literally what we saw in this game. Everyone says the Chiefs are fixed. No, they're not. I'm sorry. They haven't come up against a decent team yet. No, and Cowboys are a decent team. They're a paper tiger, but they're a decent team. I was team. just a bit disappointed. I mean, okay, in that case, the Broncos are going to win the Super Bowl. We beat them, what, 36-0 at one, or 30-0 at one point. Don't give me that. The Cowboys are the new Saints. Good, bad, good, bad. 
<laughs> That's the way it's running the at the Chiefs, moment. The Chiefs are not fixed by a long stretch of the imagination. Or they'd have won this 45-10. Yeah, the, yeah, I agree. The one thing you have to say about them, though, is their defence has improved the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so they're no levels. longer giving away stupid... Yeah, no, no, no. But if, 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 you, if your defence is playing well enough to reduce the scoring opportunities for the opposite team, then eventually this offense will have enough opportunities themselves to actually click into gear and, and start playing again. Yeah, we, we were saying earlier in the pod that, you know, the Colts and the Patriots are the kind of ominous informed teams currently in the AFC that, you know, everyone needs to kind of keep an eye on and look out for. The Chiefs are top of the division and they've been god awful. They yeah, just won four in a row. Yeah, they're yeah, only, they won four in a row. The but... other two in their streaks. So you know, it's the, but they're not playing well and doing it, and that's the sign of a good team. If you can win games when you're playing badly, what's what are you going to do when you're playing I mean, well? They've won four in a row. One was against the Giants by three points. One was against the uh, Jordan Loves Packers. I mean, you'll have to excuse me if I'm not bowled over. Oh, and that was by less than a score, 13-7. And then they rolled the Raiders. I mean, the way the Raiders finished the season, I'm quite surprised they only scored 41. Then they beat the Cowboys, who didn't show up. Oh, guess what? They've got the Broncos next week, so they'll probably beat us. But guess what? They always beat us, so it doesn't matter. I mean, you, got when, it, when it comes down... Okay, then their next game is against the Broncos. Yes. When it comes down to the key moments where they're playing really good teams that's where they're going to let down i'm not buying this whole beating crap teams fantastic you beat bad teams you're not going to do that in the playoffs you will come unstuck and you'll get beaten by a significantly better team it might take until you play an nfc team if you get what i mean (laughs) but it will happen it absolutely will happen you'll get rolled and rolled badly because that secondary is garbage well i don't agree it's garbage and jarius needs a good cornerback in my opinion Garbage, Daniel Daniel Sorensen. That's all. He's I not even playing now. They've, got, they've eased him out of the bloody defense. This week. Yeah, only a couple this of, week. not as many snaps as he was playing. Anyway, look, we still got one more evening game to go through. Um, so, in what is likely Colt McCoy's last go as a starter for the Cardinals, he threw touchdown passes of one and two yards to Zach Ertz in the first half. Got a bit of luck in the third quarter when a potential interception was overturned on replay, and had his first 300-yard passing game since 2014. Arizona are about to go on their bye week after which they're expecting both Kyler and Hopkins to return. For the Seahawks, after 20 straight offensive drives without a touchdown, DJ Dallas scored on a two-yard run with just over seven minutes left to pull Seattle within three. But the rushing touchdown for James Conner put the game back out of reach for Seattle and the crowd let them know it. The final score was the Cardinals Cardinals 23, Seahawks 13. Russell Wilson is so injured. I don't care what anyone says. He is so injured. Rushed back. This was not... Yeah, this was not the Seahawks we're used to seeing. Well, <laughs> they've been struggling we are used for to a while them now. now, aren't we? I was going to say, this isn't the first season that they've been average. Plucky, no, but, but you... not winning lots of games. No, well, I think their record probably suggests otherwise. They, they tend to win quite a few, but I think the issue... The issue really is that they're not playmakers. That they've never been. They've never de- never dedicated themselves to the passing game. And you know, this week there was less than twenty rushing attempts. Normally, we see rushing attempts for Seattle in in the high twenties, and that hasn't happened. When and that not happening when Russell Wilson's also obviously not fit. It just didn't feel like Seattle. 
I mean, I know Seattle being terrible on defense, we're used to seeing that. With their record right now, if they had a first round pick, they'd be picking sixth, but they don't because they gave it to the Jets <laughs> for Jamal Adams. So, yeah, but I'm talking about their record right in previous in, press, in previous seasons. But I mean, I know. Just I mean, it'd be an interesting the, little tidbit there. Just J- Jets, are right Jets are the happy ones, you know. Oh, very much so. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really help that you've done that for a safety as well. I mean, the one position you don't really want to spend a huge amount of money on is safety. But Jets it's have got not. Two it's picks not a game. Top six at the moment. Yeah, they need it. Uh, it's not a game you want to spend too much time on. This one, it just didn't no. feel like a very Seahawksy game. Do we know when Calamar is back? Well, they've got the bye week, so by the time the bye week's over, uh, okay. they should be ready. And Hopkins, that's what I'm saying. Cool. So those are the evening games. On to the Sunday night game. And Justin Herbert threw a 53-yard touchdown pass to Mike Williams with two minutes 17 remaining as the Chargers rallied to hold off the Pittsburgh Steelers despite blowing a 17-point lead at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Herbert passed for 382 yards and rushed for 90, the most by a Chargers QB in a game. Chargers running back Ross Neckler had a career-high four touchdowns and 115 scrimmage yards. The Steelers had Big Ben back after missing last week's game with COVID. He got a score to Deontay Johnson in the first half. And when Miles Killebrew blocked a Chargers punt, opened the floodgates. Najee Harris ran one in. Eric Ebron scored on the Steelers' next possession. Then Herbert got picked by Cam Sutton, which set up a score for rookie Pat Frymuth. A Boswell field goal tied the score before Williams scored for LA. On the last drive, the Steelers' O-line gave out and the game was over. Final score in the black and gold so far was the Steelers' 37, Chargers' 41. Jim? Yeah. Comments? I haven't, I haven't oh, watched much. this game, so I don't know. There's no way I'm sitting down watching the Steelers versus the Chargers. A great I've, game. I've got more important things to watch. It's a yeah, great, great game. Uh, yeah, Chargers had to put in one of their all-time best performances by a QB and by a running back uh, to get that score up. Um, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? All-time best performances by a QB and a running back. Didn't they for have Ladanian Tomlinson? Them. I'm pretty certain they had like Ladanian Tomlinson and have had Philip Rivers and went to AFC Championship games and things. You know, um, you're not telling LT, me that was an all-time performance. LT, um, no, look, just just a I technicality said, here. Austin Eckler's not a running back. Just a technicality. All right, but technically, LT didn't get that many games of four touchdowns and over 100 scrimmage yards. All right, he was he was amazing. He was a Hall of Famer, first ballot. But, you know, that's still that's still an amazing performance by a running back. Okay, we can agree that. And it was one of Justin Herbert's best ever games. So we had to pull that out after some turgid performances beforehand. Still, best ever charges performance by a running one back of, in a quarterback. No, one of. I said one of, not the. One of, of the, the top best. 200. <laughs> well, come on. How many times did Phil Rivers just blow games like this? I'm still oh, hoping for week. that. I mean, they were close to doing it on, the, on Sunday night. Um, we played... You know Drew Brees played for the Chargers, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Good point. Yeah, but he was crap. Well. <laughs> he was crap <laughs> at the Chargers. <laughs> I, I don't mind this loss so much. We played all six of our available rookies that were healthy. Think about that for a second. I mean, we had Trey Norwood, who was a no, seventh round no, pick. No, no, Jim. We had no, no, Jim. No, Jim. We wanted. You cannot sit there and say... What? That we paid all six of our eligible rookies when you sat there at the beginning, at the end of the draft, saying we had a brilliant draft. Well, yeah, you've got that, a 53 man roster. Don't give me this nonsense. That shows how good they are that we're playing them all, but we had to play well, them then all. Then don't use it as an excuse. Hang on a minute. Two weeks ago, <laughs> we're, we're playing them all because they're injured. 
because there's yeah. injuries and yeah, yeah, we're decimated by injury and so on. So and now they're the second coming. No, so, you know, oh my god, how can you not I'd see this? Consistency, mate. Consistency. That's all we're asking for. It's a great a draft because we still could, we could use them all. Consistency. No, Jim. no. We use Jim. them all, so that shows Lies. they're good. But they're not supposed Lies to put out that, the baby that many snaps. Cry. Well, I don't believe in Jesus, so I don't really care. <laughs> um, yeah, but we're not talking about Jesus. We're talking about the baby Jeepus. Baby no Jeepus. T- no TJ Watt, no Minka Fitzpatrick, no Joe Hayden. It showed by the end of the game. They were targeting Cam Haywood. Uh, double team and stuff like that. So they just didn't have the pressure to to get onto to Herbert and really slow them down enough. And, you know, I, yeah, they, they played more snaps than they were supposed to. And, yeah, they just couldn't hold on. But I'm encouraged can... by the score that we put up because, obviously, after watching um, Mason Rudolph for a game, I'm glad we could put up more than seven points. And once we've got our defensive players back, then... Yeah, we would have probably had a better. And someone else will be injured, and you'll have another excuse. Well, yeah. Until then, everyone's got. Why can't you just just say that you're you're not a very good team this year? Because we are a good team. You're not a good team. (laughs) You're not a good team. (laughs) Random close. No better than random close. No better than the Broncos in the the fourth quarter. Oh, I think they're slightly better than the Broncos. I mean, they beat us, so. I can't remember. Well, we beat them, so uh, well, yeah, and you're probably going to beat okay, us twice. Well done, we yeah, beat them at their place. One, so, so we're picking one, after you in the draft at the moment. So, one one question on the Steelers. As I say, I hadn't watched this game, mm. um, but looking at the stats, do you guys think you throw it too much? Because you mentioned in last week's pod um, that uh, Rudolph threw it nearly fifty times. Fifty and, times. It's because yeah, they don't trust their week, offensive line because their offensive line is garbage. So they can't well, garbage. Week, yeah, but you can still win an outside zone without an offensive line or banging a couple of tight ends and try and block. I know you got Eric Ebron, but well, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure you can get someone else to block, get a fullback in there or something. Um, so there are ways around it from an offensive line point of view, but yep. you only ran it, I mean, 14, 15, 16 times, really. I'm not counting Clace Chapel's couple. Yeah, um, but you threw it forty-four times. Now, is that because you were behind early, or are you, are you throwing it too much? Well, yeah, we would You've like no we would like them to run it more. Every Steeler fan would like them to run it more, be a more balanced offense. They can do it um, for whatever reason they're not doing it. So we've got a new offensive coordinator in Matt Canada this season. He was supposed to have a lot more kind of um, s- sneaky things, you know, going on. A lot of movement at the line of scrimmage before pre-snap. Uh, to try and trick people and try and run a lot more sweeps and things like that, and they just aren't really doing it. So I'm I not, put it I'm not to quite you sure the reason, but I put it to you that if I sat you down and showed you random plays from this season or last season, you would be hard pushed to say which which season it was from. Yeah, yeah. nothing's changed. Yeah, people aren't really happy with what Canada's been doing so far. Those boring uniforms always look the same, regardless. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. <laughs> Okay, from a Raider fan. All right, <laughs> let's let's move no, on to the Monday Black's night game. Classic, mate. We've got one more oh, game to go through. Monday night, and the Bucks beat the Giants thirty to ten. Um, yes, they did. Left tackle Andrew Thomas got the only touchdown for the Giants. Batman four-inch vertical jump took the ball at its highest point. It was an immense catch. The man needs praise. Congratulations. The uh, the Bucks won thirty points to ten. Yeah. Who cares? I'm not talking about them. No. Um, it's going to shock you to your very core. You did. Um, but I, 
I didn't watch this game. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I've watched I'm the. Having, um... I'm having a son. I've got a, a, a you know a toddler now. I need my sleep. Have you seen? Surely that, that means you, you should be able to watch these games. Have you seen the ESPN uh, cast with the Manning Brothers? Because that's actually quite fun. Uh, I Manning haven't. cast is hilarious. Even if you just uh, Google Manning cast and watch the 15-minute yeah, highlight clips, they're I amazing. Saw they, I saw they did a bit with Kevin Hart this weekend. Yeah, they get different people uh, which, on Bill Parcells. Ed, everyone says he's very, very funny, so I may have a watch. Um, this is also a bit weird. I've never seen and never, ever seen Kevin Hart do stand-up, so I don't actually know if he's a funny guy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Always. Uh, yeah, I mean, generally, if you, if you think someone's funny, then if everyone thinks they're funny, they normally are. So, uh, but no, I, I haven't seen any of it. Well, that's fine. I totally recommend you go and dig some out and watch it. Yeah, the Manning yeah. cast, not the Monday night game. That was atrocious. Yeah, yeah. Don't watch the game. Just just, just watch the Manning cast and, and some of the jibes and even go back and watch some of the other ones from previous weeks. There's some great stuff on there. You know, Eli <laughs> ribbing Brady and about Super Bowls and there's um, I think I think a lot of people underestimate how funny Peyton Manning is. So when um, Mahomes was breaking his records, um, there was a couple of videos he put out, and he's in he's in the kitchen making dinner, and um, one of his kids or one of his his friends come in and says, um, "Pat Mahomes has just broken one of your records," and he turned around and went, "Which one?" And then it just ended, and I'm like, "That's genius." Because he's got that dry sense of humour that's just brilliant. Um, so I can imagine it'd be funny. I didn't know Eli had it, had it in him, to be honest. He strikes me as a bit of a Phil Neville. There's a good brotherly uh, relationship going on there. So yeah, um, listen to us, but also listen to the ESPN <laughs> Manning cast, because that's very funny uh, on a Monday night. It gets you through a terrible We've game. We've got a new sponsor that no one's told us right. about or something. Are we sponsored by ESPN this week? Oh, I wish. Anyway. <laughs> Jim's holding out on us. Yeah, I'll take well. a Disney sponsorship. Maybe you'll get to see Spider-Man and <laughs> 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 and with that boys those were all of the week 11 games last minute of doing those look at the week 11 wrongers that we picked out so we're going to go through them uh, I, I for some reason picked the Falcons to beat the Patriots so that's a bad start to the week for me we all picked the Bills to beat the Colts so that uh, backfired for all of us we all picked the Titans to beat the Texans because why wouldn't you we all picked the Packers to beat the Vikings because Packers are the daddy in that division typically now we get into some other ones here. So the Dolphins, Punk, you were on Jets Island for that. So that's unfortunate. Yeah, I I, I had a bad week because I was trying to trying to pick up a couple of extra wins here and there, and it kind of backfired on me. Yeah, um, I was when I was listening to the podcast. I was listening to your picks, thinking, "Get in! I'm extending my lead here." <laughs> it turned out that way. All three of us. I was a bit worried that if. So I was a bit we'll, worried that if we had, if it was a random week, that that you'd suddenly take a five point lead or something. I was, I was, I was ever so slightly worried about that. Sorry to interrupt, Jim, but it's all right. <laughs> yeah, we all picked the Panthers to beat Washington. So Will, who picked for the people uh, last week, thanks, Will. Uh, he got the point there. Then Bengals Raiders. I was the only one that picked the Bengals, so there's a point to me. I was the only one that picked the Chiefs over the Cowboys. There's another point back for me. The Cardinals Seahawks. Uh, Dave and myself picked the Cardinals. Punk and Will picked the Seahawks. And then I lost one by picking the Steelers. Everyone else went for the Chargers. So a pox on all your houses there. Uh, what that means is that uh, we can look at the table. But first of all, before we do that, we need to let you know, guys, that we're running the pod versus the people contest that we've just been talking about with PlayActionPools.com, the newest and already the best office sports pool hosting platform. We're able to enter our picks each week and track the disreputable current man on top 
at the uh, charge of the underdog, who is currently poised to strike at the heart of the competition, and then the victorious. If you want to use play action pools, then don't forget to use our discount code TFD for 10% off and get in at the ground level to help this company move forwards. They've just released the Build Your Bankroll feature, which operates essentially as a virtual sports book, allowing you to choose the games you want to pick and then determine how many points you're willing to risk on each game. We love them, and make sure you check them out at playactionpools.com. That's playactionpools.com. With that being said, let's look at the table. And Dave, unfortunately, you are still at the top, but with a lead of 103. You mean unfortunately? Well, I've got a lead of 103. You lot suck. Well, I was going to say, if he's got a lead of 103, I'm giving You're up in the now. lead, in the lead with 103, mm. you pedantic buggers. The people, thanks to Will's efforts there, are up to 100. So they are now clear second. And I have jumped up to, uh, to grab hold of Punk. 76. We're joint on 98 in third place. Ooh. So there you go. Plenty of that. games left to pick. Plenty of games, absolutely. That means we move on to week 12. Thank you very much, Will, for doing that for us. Um, we move on to week 12, and we need a new challenger. We have a new challenger. You boys will love it. It's a Chiefs fan called Jake, who's picked the uh, games for us. So ever, even you more... absolute muppet. Even what more on earth made you pick right. them? Gosh. <laughs> God. Hey, we man. really ought to vet the people right. that we allow on here, you know. <laughs> hey, I've, heard that you only, I've heard a rumour you only supported him for the past four years. Prior to that, he was a Patriots fan. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, that right. is slanderous. Slanderous, boys, I tell you. You don't even know him. So, hey, week rumors, 12. Man, week 12. We have Thanksgiving. Which means we have some Thursday games, boys. We have to give thanks for three games on Thursday evening. We will not give thanks for the first one, which of course features Detroit at home. <laughs> They're playing the Chicago Bears NFC North matchup. What are we? This doing is here? good because it's this is the game that's on at half five, so it's the yep. one that 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 will be kicked off by the time you get in. You've, you know, had a had a beer had a shower it'll be half time by the time you're ready to sit down and watch it anyway at which point you can have your dinner so right, you know you really you're only going to watch you're only really going to watch the fourth quarter aren't you so you know in theory you'll be all right mm-hmm. um that being said i said a few weeks ago that i'm not back in the lines anymore i spent half the first half of the season back in them and they just kept letting me down so mm-hmm. bears for me dave yeah, Bears. I mean, Hart says Lions, obviously, but um, with uh, Jared Goff being injured, and wasn't was it Tim Boyle or David Blau or who I can't Tim Boyle. was this week? Yeah, Tim Boyle. That was it. Um, I, yeah, no one in his right mind's going to go for uh, uh, going to go for the Lions. I'm afraid. And then you're absolutely right. Now... It's a clean sweep for the Bears in the picks. Yeah. I was going to say that that now means the Lions win by thirty five. <laughs> I hope so. I really <laughs> hope so. I mean, as far as as far as um, Thanksgiving games go, this is almost the suckiest of suckiest. Yeah. I mean, well, there's, 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 there's two teams. The there's two yeah. teams out there that always play on Thanksgiving, and that is the Lions and the Cowboys. So, mm. you know, it's whoever whoever they can get to decimate the Lions that particular year, and and you know. It means everyone gets home nice and early for their for their Thanksgiving dinners, doesn't it, with that one? So the Cowboys, they're playing at home against the Raiders. They are. Here? I'm not picking first this time. Dave? I've already picked. I've, so I've already picked, and um, I think it's pretty obvious that I'm going to go for the Cowboys. And <laughs> no, After the way the Raiders played last week, I can't see anyone going with the Raiders, surely. 
Well, I've gone for the even, Cowboys. I've gone even for the Cowboys. Love's not taking you for the Raiders. Jake's taking the Raiders. Wow. So it's up to you, Punk. What are you uh, doing? Stranger things have happened. Mm. No, they if haven't. they play Mariota on a short <laughs> week, <laughs> I can see it happening. I can definitely see it happening. And then all the hope no comes worry. back and you kind of talk about it. Having said that, the Cowboys have been abject the last couple of weeks. They've got to get it right this time. Good, bad, good, bad, you good, know, bad. Exactly. Cowboys for me, probably by 20. Oh, oh, oh dear, punk. All right. Well, Jake's on the island over. there. The... I'll take that over. I, I reckon I'll go over 20. Wow. I reckon. Okay. Fair enough. The last game on uh, Thanksgiving, which is Thursday, is the Buffalo Bills at the New Orleans Saints. Punk, you can go first this time now. Oh, it's always me. What's wrong with you it wasn't people? just now. Um, this is actually going to be an interesting game, I think. With the way the Bills have been playing, they need to start getting that offense going again. The Saints defensively are not terrible. Um, they're pretty good. They're good on the line. They've got a fairly good front seven, and they're not dreadful at the back at all. So, you know, it's, it's more about which of these offenses can actually put up some points. Um, to that end, I think I'm going to go with the Bills. I just think Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs and co. will probably be able to outscore the Saints. Yeah, Bills. Yeah, Alvin Kamara is uh, still not practicing. It's obviously a short week. And as I am uh, his fantasy owner, I'm uh, concerned that he's not going to be able to play this week. So I've also got the Bills. Drop yeah, him. I could drop him. I could trade him. Could, yeah, could do a lot of things. Uh, Jake has gone for the Saints, though. So Jake has gone for the uh, the home team. Jake's gone for the home team. Another, it's another it's never a bad shout on Thanksgiving, to be fair. No. Let's move on to the Sunday slate then. We start in the AFC North with the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals. Nice, easy, gentle one out the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, no rivalry. Nothing too tricky there. No. Um, I've said that you need to just admit the fact that you're not a very good football team this year. So I'm going <laughs> Bengals. Dave? I'm furiously searching because I can't remember if I was brave enough to go. Let me have a look. No, I went Steelers. I pussied out and went Steelers. Excellent. An island for Punk, as both myself and Jake have gone for the Steelers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are at the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, Lord. Um, I went for Buccaneers, but that's not as straightforward as you might think, seeing as they've got the best running back in the game at the moment. And it wouldn't shock me if one or two of you went for the Colts. I, I was very close to going for the Colts, but I, I've had to go for the Bucks. Which one or two might it be? I think the two currently in my presence, dirty in my oxygen that I'm breathing in. <laughs> <laughs> Theoretically. Damn, oxygen. you need a lot of oxygen. Yeah. Um, I've gone for the Colts. I, I have gone for the Colts. I see I was right. And Jake's gone for the Bucks. So it's a 50-50 split there uh, between yeah. the four of us. The Carolina Panthers are at the Miami Dolphins. And this was the, probably the toughest game for me. Nah, Why? easy. Panthers. Easy one this week. Yeah, I agree. Panthers. Yeah. yeah. Panthers score more than the Dolphins and the Panthers defense is better than the Dolphins offense. So the Washington defense has been the most disappointing so far and the Miami offense has been 
the most disappointed. They're the two sides of the ball I've been most dif- uh, most disappointed with. Washington defense, Miami offense. They're the two disappointed based on what I thought they would be coming in. I thought two would take a bit of a step, and with Jalen Waddle, I thought he'd really help that out. Neither have shown up. I know there's been one or two injuries and stuff, but even still, I'm just I'm not feeling the, the Dolphins this year. Not feeling them at all. Waddle scored a touchdown last week. I'm going with the Dolphins. Someone on island there as the three of you have gone for the Panthers. The yep. Tennessee Titans are at the New England Patriots. Yeah, I don't want to pick this game. Um, <laughs> I'm going for a tie. Yeah, I was just thinking that as well. Two all. <laughs> it's going to be two all this game. Two all, okay. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, I am, I am going against the Patriots, despite my better judgment. Aren't they number one seed now or something like that? Uh, they're they first in the AFC East. First in the yeah, okay, I, mean, I remember them being first in something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm going against the Patriots. Okay, I'm go. I'm going for the Patriots, so I am picking the Evil Empire mm-hmm. to win against the Tennessee Titans. Okay, well, it's a fifty-fifty split then because I've also gone for the Titans with Dave. Jake's gone for the Patriots with Punk. The Philadelphia Eagles are at the New York Football Giants in an NFC East matchup. Oh, I forgot to mention that Jason Garrett lost his job after the Monday night game with the Bucks. So, oh yeah, the offensive coordinator is out in the. Uh, in That'll New make York. a huge difference to that New yeah. York Giants offense, won't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it doesn't work out. It does free him up so that he can uh, join the Raiders next season. So, it does. which is not nice. yeah, so but new head coach. That's not happening. You don't know. <laughs> you don't. Oh, I do. <laughs> you know, anything can much. happen in anything can happen in Las Vegas, and it normally does. Um, yeah, no, no great loss. I think it, this is a sign that they're giving Daniel Jones every possible every possible chance to prove that he is or isn't the right guy. Mm. Um, and if his people, his agent and personal trainers and whoever, whoever are complaining about Garrett, okay, get rid of him, get in the guy he wants. Now go and prove it. You've got till now until the end of the season to go and save Number your six job. games. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So what are we doing I, here? We're we doing the Eagles or Giants? Happening. Eagles, all day, every day. Eagles. It's a clean sweep for the Eagles. Eagles. Yep. Yep. The, oh, the Atlanta Falcons are at the Jacksonville Jaguars. NFC ah, South. The suck bowl. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, okay, so if any if anyone happens to find themselves behind whilst watching Red Zone, just use this game as a fast-forward one, all right? That, that, there's, there's a <laughs> it won't be on Red Dave. Zone. Well, it might not be. Well, there'd just be interceptions galore. That's what it will be. Yeah. Um, or muffed punts. Yeah, I'm going to go Falcons. Falcons, yeah. Punk? I agree. Three nothing Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> Falcons can't score three points. Don't be too ridiculous. They'll manage, well, they'll manage to get through this week without having their only points wiped off by a um, penalty on a field goal. So, young way coup for the win. Hmm. Yeah, um, Jake's also gone for the Falcons. I've gone for the Jags. They've had a couple of weird games where they've won and they're at home, so I don't rate either of them, so I'm just going with the Jags on that one, sticking with the preseason pick. Then we've got the New York Football Jets at the Houston Texans. Doing it. <laughs> You're going to do it? I'm doing it. I've already done it. Do it. Texans. Jets. Texans. <laughs> it's Texan Island then for Dave, as yeah. uh, Jake and myself have also gone for the Jets. Not, yeah, you not... called out Young Way Koo. I'm calling out Terod Taylor. 
the okay. man, the myth, the helicopter, the legend. <laughs> what a touchdown <laughs> run for him. Yeah, well, but honestly, the thing is, he was he was in for the Texans week one and they won. I can't remember who they beat, but it was a massive shock. Jags. They won. Jags. I wanted Jags. Those, I was going to say it's the Jags or Chargers <laughs> Jags for some reason. Massive shock. So, yeah, it, but it was a big shock because we were all expecting them to lose by 300 points every game. I mean, we were saying they were going to be horrendous. And the, oh, yeah. they have been for most of the season, but they've been fits and spurts. But he was brilliant. He comes in again this week and wins. Now, I'm not saying it's a coincidence, but the two games he plays the full complement of time in, they won both of them. So, you know, I'm, go- I'm going with the patterns here. It's, feels, I, like, I, feels like there are some straws being clutched out there. Yeah. <laughs> yourself. Remember, remember <laughs> that you're talking to your uh, playactionpools.com leader here. So a little bit of respect uh, for that tone, please. Thank oh, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, here we go then. I'll be back in the AF- cellar in a minute. AFC West <laughs> matchup. It's the LA Chargers at the Denver Broncos. Um, I don't believe that the Broncos have got enough on offense to keep up. I think the, the key battle is between the Chargers offense and the Broncos defense. Mm-hmm. Um, in those kinds of battles, offense normally wins. Um, but against my better judgment, I'm going the Chargers. <laughs> That's got a sting. I don't think the Broncos are very good. I think the Chargers are quite good. It wouldn't surprise me if this was closer than I expect it to be, but I'm going Chargers. The only thing that keeps me... The There's no that... way the Broncos keep up. Well, this is the only thing, but I think the only thing that keeps me really with hope is that the Chargers know more than anyone how to shit the bed. You know, they are like world-class domination at underperforming. So, and they've done it consistently year after year, this year being no exception. So there's always that possibility that they're just going to be pants. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you there that, you know, there is every chance that the Chargers could could turn up and get beat by 10. But I just, I just don't see it. I think they've got too many weapons. Yeah, it's happened this season, though, so... We it can could, live in it could be tighter than we, than we think. All three of us have gone for the Chargers. Jake has gone for the Broncos. So a true Bronco fan there as a, a Chief boy. Then we've got good the, bad. oh, here's a good one. The LA Rams at the Green Bay Packers. Two oh, of the top teams in the AFC. I don't want to pick this. I'll go first on this. Packers. <laughs> They're playing at home. Okay. Jake's also it's gone cold. for the Packers. I mean, it is cold, but Matt Stafford's played there 300 times. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for the Rams because they're coming off a bye, and I think they would have planned for this so much. Um, yeah, I'm going for I'm going for the Rams. I will join you with the Rams, Dave. So yeah. 50-50 split there. Three games left. The first one is the Minnesota Vikings at the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Vikings 49ers. I, do you know what? I'm picking the Vikings to lose. I'm not picking the 49ers to win. I'm picking the Vikings <laughs> to lose. Okay. I really dislike the way the the uh, the Vikings as an organization are run. And yeah, I but they did get a win against the Packers if, last week. I don't and Their care. clock management was superb. So that's care. that's every indication that <laughs> him being the antithesis of your head coach, that the Vikings head coach, Mr. Zimmer, will be on his way to Denver very, very soon. And I was mm. going to say, I, I restate my absolute... Uh, my absolute assertion that if Mike Zimmer becomes the Broncos head coach, I'm quitting football. All of it. Okay. <laughs> right. So, so you're going for the you're going for the 49ers. Mike, yeah. what are you doing? I'm going 49ers as well. Um, wow. But I do okay. think 
yeah I, this is one of those I, this is one of the hardest games this week for me to call because I, I can quite easily see the Vikings win, winning it by 20 mm. but they just have this charge and knack of shooting themselves in the foot <laughs> in these games where you kind of think they should win so and then they'll you know play out their skins against the Packers or somebody and win those games instead so I think with it you know being away from home in Santa Clara I'm just going to go with the 49ers running the ball down their throat and keeping that offense off the field. The Vikings feel like a world-class sprinter who wears clogs. The only bit that actually touches and gets the most traction to the surface are the poorest bits, and that's Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer. The rest of the team, I think, is class and really does you know, scream that they're going to cause any team trouble. But when your quarterbacks, I don't want to call him Mr. Average because he's slightly better than that, but only ever so slightly... Um, and Mike Zimmer's horrendous play calling, coaching. Uh, yeah, I, I have no love for the man whatsoever. So, yeah. There's not a sea of difference between Jimmy G and Kirk Cousins. Oh, there is. Oh, there I think there, there really is. isn't. I think there there really isn't. Is. Wow. Uh, uh, all right. Well, it's a 50 50 then because you two have gone for the 49ers. Myself and Jake have gone for the Vikings. Then we've got an AFC North matchup. It's the Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens. It's the Sunday night game. Ooh. Uh, is Lamar back? Do we know what was wrong with him? Uh, he he had an illness, yeah. which apparently wasn't COVID, but they won't say. He got pissed up, didn't he? He went out on the lash, came in. Oh, drunk. He, he's um, had if Lamar's already. back, if Lamar's back, the Ravens. If mm. not, the Browns. That's my answer. Well, what have you put in PlayActionPools.com? Um, I mean, it's changeable. <laughs> You shouldn't be able to change it. Dave, come on. Pick a I'd, team. Uh, the Broncos. They're, they're my team. Um, I'm going the uh, Lamar Jackson if he's... Uh, I'm going the Ravens if Lamar Jackson's fit and the Browns if Lamar Jackson isn't fit. Congratulations. This is the reason that you're ahead in that you're changing now, your picks. Look, <laughs> for now, the Ravens. Um, yeah, for now, the Ravens. They're your placeholder. Okay. I'm taking the Ravens. Yeah, I just, I, the Browns are struggling. They're not... Browns are rubbish. They're not not very good. Baker's being injured and cracked. I about Baker Mayfield really quick. We'll be really quickly. Are they going to keep him? Because they've got to pay him soon. I know he's got a fifth-year option, but you don't want a first first overall pick being taken on a fifth-year option. I mean, that, that's not sending the right messages to anyone. They probably will keep him just because... But yeah. they're going to have to pay him big. Yeah, but big it's money. either it's either that or it's a case of you're going to have to have a rookie quarterback in two years. Because there aren't that many free agent quarterbacks about next year, and there's already quite a few quarterback needy teams. So, you know, if you're the Browns, do you really want to go in with a new quarterback, or actually do you just stick with what you got and build around it and just keep running the football with the second, maybe third best running back in the league, plus his top 15 backup? They're currently sitting 17th in the picks. Yeah. yeah. So, you're not going to get a quarterback, are you? There's no quarterbacks in next year's draft, you keep telling me. So there's not. You know. <laughs> no, the only half decent. So all you're looking at is free agents. So unless you, unless they're gonna go with a Tyrod Taylor or somebody. I mean, they've done already. That. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no, I know exactly, but you know, or a I don't know. So because Patrick of trick or a Heineke, whoever's a free agent next year. Because anyways. of the lack of options, they're uh, they're gonna stick with Baker Mayfield. Maybe. I think so. I think I think I you're think probably so. right. In an ideal world, they probably wouldn't, but I think you're right. 
Yeah, I, I think the Cleveland. sensible idea is is keep Baker and just make sure you got outs in the contract. Mm. I think when when you when you boil it down though, the the Browns have got so many holes. Well, they've got the Browns have got so much talent, and as soon as you start paying one player more money and creating holes around him that he can't fill, it's a recipe for disaster. So in the long term, it doesn't it doesn't seem like the best thing to do. But I completely get your understanding, and I think you're probably right. Yeah, Jake has gone for the Browns. So the three of us have gone for the Ravens. That's an island there for Jake. The Monday night game is the Seattle Seahawks at the Washington football team. I want to say I've been controversial and gone for Washington, but I don't necessarily think that is controversial. They've got the better record. Yeah. (laughs) Got the better record. They're the most most well-rounded of the two teams. Um, They've started playing better consistently. They're at home. I'm picking... The football team. Do you know what Seattle need? A bye week. <laughs> they really, really need a bye week. Just just to just get your shit back together and just, you know, start They need a defense. That's what they need. Well, yeah, they've had mean, their bye week. So, uh... Have they? Okay, well, there you go. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with Washington then. They're that in week nine. All right, so all of us have gone for Washington. Apart from Jake, who's gone for the Seahawks. Throwing them out there. I love it. Love it. Because it could well be right. We just don't know. These games aren't played on paper. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Arizona Cardinals are on a bye week. So there we go. 15 games over the span of the uh, the weekend, starting on Thursday with three of them. That's it. That is the week 11 review slash week 12 preview. Guys, thanks very much. Dave, thank you for finally joining us and uh, gracing us with your presence. <laughs> You're welcome. I didn't want you two to spoil it for too long, so you know. Yep. Had to make a wonderful substitute appearance off the bench. Yeah. Thanks very much, guys, for listening. If you are listening and you're um, signed up for the Patreon, thank you very much. If you're not, why not? Um, go to patreon.com/finaldown and you get all the extra content from there. Obviously, the finaldown.com is where you can stream our, our podcast if you don't want to go through podcast sites uh, to do that. And you can follow us on Twitter at FinalDownNFL, at Punk underscore Raider, at DenverDave30. Um, get involved on that as well. So, yeah, thanks very much, guys, for being involved with us. And until next week, I've been Jim. That's been Punk Raider. That's been Denver Dave. And thank you so much for listening. <laughs> <laughs>